Hello and welcome to the Home Assistant Podcast. My name is Rohan Karamandi, and as usual, with me I have Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, Rohan. Good morning. Morning. And today we are joined by Joshua. How's it going? Hey, good morning. This episode is sponsored by Home Assistant Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and ESP Home projects. Configuration is done by the user interface, so there's no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. So let's jump into it. Joshua, what brings you in today? I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tell us Um, your problems, Joshua. We'll help you. That's right. Safe space. Talk about it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just want to share my uh, Home Assistant experience and uh, just share what I've I've done inside Home Assistant and what I do for home automation. And whereabouts in the world are you from? Uh, I live in uh, North Carolina in the United States. Nice. All right. So I guess, you know, how long have, when, when did you start down the, the journey of home automation in general? Like, what, have you always used Home Assistant first or have you come to come from another platform and then come on to Home Assistant? So I originally started with uh, the Vera um, mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. and I had all Z-Wave stuff, but um, I found that being connected to the cloud tends to be a problem. Yes. So, right. <laughs> so my boss at the, t- uh, at the time recommended... Uh, that I look into Home Assistant. And once I started playing with it, I never looked back. That's cool. That's interesting. So what sort of, like, Vera were you using? I thought they were, you know, because it's Z-Wave, like it should be all local anyway, but does the, the Vera you're using require a cloud connection to operate or? At the time, I was going through their cloud service. Yep. Okay. Right. Got it. So, yeah, internet goes out, then obviously no home automation for you or, you know, if it's, you know, you're pressing a button somewhere and it takes, you know, 10 minutes for it to go up to some server randomly and back to you, mm-hmm. adds that bit of frustration, right? Absolutely. I, for, I forget, does the, did, did the Vera ever come out with local stuff or was it all cloud always, like for, from from a control perspective? I think they did, but I'm yeah, not sure, I've to be a, honest. I've got a Vera mm-hmm. Lite and it's like you can connect, like you can, um, similar to how Nabucasa has like the remote access, there's a, right. a Vera cloud component where you can remotely access it. But all the, you know, controlling of devices, the automations are run locally on that device. But yeah, I just basically use mine as a, a Z-Wave dongle basically and then got push it. it over to Home Assistant. That's awesome. So, I mean, what made you move to uh, make the move? So you said it was because you know that was all cloud. Did you did you have an experience that uh, that kind of kicked you to get rid of the cloud or kick the cloud, whatever you want to call it? Um, no, I just kind of thought about it for a little bit, and I was like, you know, if if I do lose internet, like it's going to be annoying that none of my automations run. Mm. So. Mm. Um, and then I think I had some issue where, for some reason, it just wiped out all my devices. I was like, okay, time to try something new. And they're not easy to, like, repair, right? Like, right. you've got to go around, make sure that they click the buttons at the right time. Yeah, that's frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah, wow. So so then you ended up moving all to... And, and did you do what Phil did, where you used uh, the Vera as a hub initially or did you just buy your own like little stick and and do it that way yeah at first i just used uh, my connection between home assistant and vera but um i eventually graduated to using a z-wave stick and mm. that work that has been working out perfectly for me nice 
So when, like, did you join Home Assistant? Were you, like, early enough to be in where you had to use groups to do any UI before Lovelace? Or have you, like, are you a recent convert? Um, I believe I started using around the 0.3-something. Oh, right, yeah, so okay. I've so been, you've been here a while. Yeah. So pretty yeah. early, yeah. <laughs> you've got some badges. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, yeah. Back when you, all you could do was use uh, configuration files. Yes. Yep, yep. No UI <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. And what sort of like hardware are you running Home Assistant on? Right now I'm running on like just a little mini PC. I'm running in a Docker instance. Mm. Um, I have plenty of Docker images that are or Docker containers that I run. So it just makes sense for me. Yeah. Um, I originally ran it on a Raspberry Pi 3, um, but I found that it was kind of slow and I had a SD card issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. As everyone does back then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I tend to jump whenever I have a catastrophic failure. So, it's, uh, and if you haven't done any backups, I guess it's a good opportunity to start from the ground up and go. All right, what would I do better this time? You know? Yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome. So, I mean, it sounds like you you put it on Docker. Or whatever. Are you running any other containers like Node Red or any of these any you know supplementary containers if you want to call it? Oh, uh, I run Node Red. That's one of my favorites, and I also run a Tasmoda backup. Uh, image okay so it goes and automatically backs up my tasmoda devices nice nice okay yeah that's pretty cool and is that all on the one docker host or have you got multiple hosts it's all on the the one yeah i just i have all my docker images on one device and i back up the configuration every night (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 that's the way to do it are you are you doing anything for from an availability perspective outside of that like Let's say a Docker container dies and things spins up automatically, and like on a second host or anything like that, or just just single host and single just single host. Um, yeah, if the container becomes unhealthy or dies off or something, it will spin it back up. Right. No, that's a pretty cool setup. I think that's that's fairly similar to mine too. That's uh, which I don't know. I found works well, but oh yeah, it's been pretty bulletproof. Yeah, it's hard to do um, high availability when you've got, you know, like USB sticks that need to be plugged into a certain thing, right? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So let, let's take, so you've got your basic home assistant set up, you know, pretty standard. I think you've, you know, running a Docker, which is basically all of us here. What are some of the cool stuff you've done around the house with it though? Oh man. Um, so one that the girlfriend likes is I always forgot to text her whenever. So we live about an hour and 15 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would always forget to send her a text message that I got home safely or vice versa. She'd forget. Yep. So I set her up an account on mine and I just check whenever her phone is in my, my zone, mm-hmm. flip a switch. And then when she gets home, if that switch is flipped on, it'll automatically send me a message saying she got home safely and vice versa for me. Yep. 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 So yeah, that's cool. Like, that's that gives you like a bit of peace of mind, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Nice. Especially when you go drive, you know, an hour and a half whenever it's dark out. And yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah definitely. Happen. Yeah, that's a bit spooky on the roads. Yeah, no. And that's like a nice little safety thing, right? Like, you know, if, you know, it's been yeah. an hour and a half and they're usually home within an hour and 15, right? Like, okay, now I need to start worrying. Or, you know, he's just gone to pick up milk or something, right? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, and I'm <laughs> guessing uh, there would have been, you know, some form of, uh, someone forgetting quite often. I'm guessing uh, it was me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see that. But no, you know what? If it works, then it works, and I think that's a, a good hey, it works case, great. Right? 
Yeah. So yeah. you've just set her up uh, as a, a user in Home Assistant, like as under your instance, that you Correct. then expose via the cloud. Okay, cool. Nice. That's pretty awesome. What uh, what what other kind of automations and stuff do you have there that uh, you're kind of proud of? So I followed Rob from the Hookups mm-hmm. Blinds project, uh, except I added my own little twist. Uh, I didn't like all the wires and whatnot, so I designed my own PCB. Nice. And just kind of cleaned it up a little bit. And I've got that running on about eight windows right now. And wow, every wow. morning at sunrise, um, it kicks off a routine in Node-RED for me. And depending on if I'm working from home that day or going into the office, it will either open or leave them closed. Uh, and then about an hour before sunset, it'll go ahead and close all the blinds. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's, that's been one of my favorites. And then another one I had was letting my Xbox control my entire home surround sound stuff. So oh. depending on if I'm in a um, game, if, it, if I'm in a game, it'll, it'll mute the TV or the surround sound system. So only my headphones work. And if I'm watching any kind of media type app or whatnot, it will switch the surround sound back on. Uh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Because I guess, you know, if you're watching, yep. yeah, like games or anything and you're just using your headphones, you don't need, you know, speakers on, wasting exactly. power. Yeah, that's cool. That also controls the lights behind the TV as well. Uh, oh, cool. Nice. So depending on if you're watching a movie or playing a game, like the lights will do something different. Right. If, if, if you're watching a movie, you just get like a plain color background that kind of is just there. Mm-hmm. And then if you're gaming, you get the bias lighting in the background. Ooh, that's um, nice. So it's Does really the bias cool. lighting actually um, change with the game? Like as you move around? Yeah. Oh, really? Did, yeah, what, that's awesome. Is that like that's two, or have you got like, did you custom make it like with WLED or something? Or? Yeah. Um, using... Um, WLED and uh, Raspberry Pi, and mm-hmm. then just using a HDMI splitter and whatnot. Right. So I'm guessing. The- I'm sorry, a Typerion, not um, not WLED. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I'm guessing the video output goes from the Xbox into the Raspberry Pi and then back out to the TV. That's how it knows what's on the screen. And then. Yep. Yep. And then the obviously the Raspberry Pi controls the LEDs from there. Yeah. That's well, and that's awesome. what I guess that's what the splitter is for, right? To split the signal between the uh, TV and the Raspberry Pi. So. Oh, of course. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. Why can't you do that? Are you using apps inside Xbox to watch movies as well? Like, couldn't you have the bias lighting for movies or TV shows or, or anything coming out of the Xbox in general? I found for, like, uh, TV, some TV shows and stuff, like, it would switch scenes too much. And the yep. LEDs behind the TV were lagging behind slightly. Right. You don't notice it much in game, but in mm. a TV show, you can see the color change yep. happen from time to time. Interesting. I would yeah. have thought that games would have been more Absolutely. Um, quick to change like scenery as you're running through one scene to the other or something yeah. like that. And maybe I just get tunnel vision. Maybe I just don't see the... <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Entirely possible, right? But that's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And so, obviously, you've got like, just addressable LEDs off Amazon or something and, and stuck them around the TV. Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. All right, I'm oh, that's, that that's wicked. That, that's something yeah. I've seen, and I've I've always been like, man, that's cool. But uh, I've never I've never thought of actually doing it myself. But I tried yeah. to buy a project awesome. on Indiegogo once, and they ran away with the money. They like they they claimed they got sued by Philips. Yeah, Hill, and they were like, yeah, no, nah, we yeah, we yeah. can't use this name anymore. So and then they just shut up shop and they're gone. Right. So. Yeah, it was called. I think it was called a Zambi light or something. Yeah, like that. that's it. Uh, that's it. Ugh. To go along with the Philips Ambi light um, yep, yep, yep. TV. So, uh, yeah. All right. And so the blind controllers that you did from the hookup, 
What protocol are they using for communication? Do they connect to Wi-Fi? Yeah, they connect to Wi-Fi, and I'm using uh, MQTT commands. Nice. Nice. And how are you powering? Oh, you've got them all hardwired in, or are they battery-operated? Uh, I have them all powered in um, with a... I'm actually just using the wires inside of a, uh Ethernet cable. Yeah, okay. And just yep. and just using that to supply power. Yep. Yeah, because it's uh, just like power over Ethernet, Ethernet right? or... Yeah. Yeah, it's just using five volts, so I can use just two of the wires or whatnot to go to two different windows. Right. Yeah, that's cool. That is neat. It's yeah, I've I've wanted to do something like that in here too, especially the like my my home office upstairs, which is a room I'm talking in right now. It's one of those things where it's again, it's if we sleep in, then we always forget to open the blinds, and then if it's we open it, we leave, and then we come home mm-hmm. at night, and the blinds are still open, the lights are on, right? So. I, I, I've always wanted one of those things. I've actually even looked up buying the, the pre-made ones, which are like a hundred bucks each, but there's three blinds. And I was like, that's 300 bucks. I don't want to spend that much. Or like 120 bucks or something exactly. like that. You yeah, should look so. on um, AliExpress. Just look for AM43. They're like a blind control. They're ugly, but they have physical mm-hmm. buttons on them. And I think they're like 40 US dollars or something a piece. Um, AM43, you said? Yep. That's like, there's so many brands, like there's different brands of them. Um, but yeah, AM43 yeah. is like the white label underneath it, like you know, two years. And then you can get, um, there's an ESP Home uh, library that you can download and that integrates into Home Assistant through the API or through MQTT. And then it just comes oh, as a cover. Oh, I see those. So, so the yeah. problem is mine's not the those type of blinds. Mine is the kind of uh, Venetian blind, like the Louvre style. Oh, yeah, um, right. So what yeah. happens is I need to twist virtually it. turn the, exactly, the twist the, yeah. the stick to actually make it open, right? And that's how mine works. Yeah. There's, um, have you, like, there's Soma. It, Soma Tilt exists as well, I think. Yeah, so, yeah I've seen those. Yeah, but that, that'd be a couple hundred dollars easily exactly exactly there's 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 another one i think it's by the same people that make i want to say it's by the same people that make the switch bot but i might be wrong uh yeah they came up with some the the curtains the switch bot curtain recently so that's the that's a curtain one i mean maybe mm. i'm confusing them but there there is a vendor and i can't think of their name right now but uh there is a vendor but basically you take uh their little motor and you stick it in where all the mechanisms are. The tilt rod. Yeah, the tilt rod is. And and essentially, you, you stick the motor in there with a coupling, and, and it'll essentially virtually twist the, the stick for you, right? But it sounds like, Joshua, that's kind of what you're doing as well. And and, and I have seen uh, yep. the hookups video, too, and I looked at making it, and I was like, oh, I need something. I, mean, I need something uh, battery just because mm. I don't have power um, against that wall, and I really don't want to rip up my walls <laughs> to do this. <laughs> So how are you hiding the wires, Joshua? Like, yeah, you... that's what I was going to ask. So most of my um, windows have some kind of jack near them, like underneath them somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of run the the wire up behind the blinds uh, in the window frame. Yeah, and then well, once they go through the uh, the housing of the blinds, I just kind of jump across the window to the other window, uh, and then I use um, channel hiders or yep. whatnot. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. And they those, look pretty good. They don't look strips. Yeah, the little plastic strips. Yeah, and they don't look bad. Like I, I was afraid it would kind of look tacky, but it actually looks pretty good. Ah, that's good. Yeah, those yeah. channel hiders. Like as a renter, I've got so many around the house, just <laughs> mm-hmm. stuck up with three M <laughs> hooks. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, and you're still using Z-Wave, obviously, through your Z-Wave dongle. Have you got any other like home automation protocols around the house? Are you using you know Zigbee or anything like that? Um, so I've been looking into Zigbee, um, just because I feel like everything I see now is starting to use that instead of yeah. Z-Wave. Yeah. And I understand it's cheaper licensing and all that stuff. Yeah. I've actually had the combi stick in my, uh, Amazon, uh, uh, wish list for at least like three or four months now. Yeah. Just can't quite pull the trigger. <laughs> Have they ever sent like, you an email to say the price is, you know, 10% off this day or something like that? Uh, yeah. But uh, then again, I don't have any Zigbee devices right now, but mm-hmm. I want to get something that is really good at motion sensing. Like that's the next step I want to take is okay. just putting motion sensors up in most rooms and stuff. Yeah. yeah it's interesting, right? Like I have like Z-Wave motion sensors. So I've got uh, the the very old AOTech four-in-one motion sensor, and then their new um, Smart Sensor 6, which is the tiny little mm-hmm. um, one. And I find that even if they're powered in, there's always a delay in, you know, the motion being detected, and then I see the light go off, and then, you know, obviously going out through the Vero, then to home, and then the light eventually being turned on. And, right. you know, when, you're exper- when you walk into a room, you expect, you know, the lights to be on in an instant, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know if, like, Maybe it's just the Z-Wave protocol being slow, you know, because they have to spin up and dial in. Maybe a Zigbee motion sensor would be better. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see what people recommend for, for motion sensors. Yeah, I've, I've, because I used Zigbee uh, motion sensors in my house. I used the uh, SmartThings ones that I just literally mm. just waited for them to go on sale at, I guess, locally at Best Buy here. And when they did, I grabbed a few and, and called it a day there. But they seem to be actually pretty quick. Um, I, at least I think, I, again, I, I don't, I don't tie my lighting automations to them because I, I, you typically use, um, time of day for that. Mm. But, um, but even just looking, even while I set them up and stuff, when I, uh, looked at, like looked in home assistant, like, you know, waved my hand when there was no motion and it's fairly instant. Um, yep, I yep. mean, obviously there's always some level of latency, but it, it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't that noticeable. Mm. I, I just barely no, noticed some latency. So fairly quick. Um, I, I never t- sat to, thought to time it or anything, but uh, yeah, I, I've, I've had pretty good luck with uh, with that. Xiaomi's always got, you know, cheap motion sensors too, right? Because they're all Zigbee. Um, so maybe yeah, I'll just buy a cheap Xiaomi motion sensor when they're on sale next and, and test it out. And then you can next let me know how other. it works out. Yeah, exactly, right? I'll be a better <laughs> tester for you. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so so yeah, that's an option to um, to check out. But yeah, again, in all in all honesty, it's uh, I think it's one of those things where, like you said, uh, Joshua, that there's so many things that are that are Zigbee, and I, I just found for myself like I like Z-Wave as a protocol better, but uh, just cost. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's 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 it's. I mean, as an iPhone user, I can I can say it too. It's 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 basically the iPhone tax, right? Where you're paying for that tight integration the because they, they they control um how devices do whatever rather than zigbee it's kind of a free-for-all right and i've got and i've got so many z-wave devices that it would almost be shooting myself in the foot to mm. make a full switch yeah although you could sell them on ebay yeah that's true it's true so sell the stuff on ebay you know and then you might be able to buy half your stuff in, in Zigbee or probably, you know, get, probably replace it all in Zigbee and have some. I was to say, yeah, probably. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so what are you using for presence detection? Apart, So you've also got the app for when you know, you're in different zones. Is that the only form of presence detection you're using, just GPS on the phone with the home assistant app? Or do you augment it with you know, like Bluetooth trackers or Wi-Fi presence or anything like that? I used to use Wi-Fi presence, but the app has just been so good. I just, I just rely on the app. Mm, yep. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Nothing to add. The apps are good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. I, I, I honestly, that the app changed my world. Like it, it is because I, I used to use a bunch of other stuff. Right. And, and it was terrible, but yeah, the app is great. And I like that. I can get like all the different sensors and stuff on my phone to send back like battery level for one thing, like my uh, phone charger in my bedroom, whenever I run my good night routine, it turns that wall outlet on. And as soon as my phone hits a hundred percent, it turns that outlet off. So I'm not overcharging my phone. Yeah, that's cool. Interesting. And do you have it? So it turns it on just before you wake up so that you're back to a hundred percent. No, not typically. Uh, I probably should just because now I'm going back in the office mm-hmm. um, three days a week. So I probably should, but before I set this up recently, so yep, yep. Um, but yeah, you're always need to do close that. by. Yeah, you wouldn't have needed. Yeah, it, yeah. I was always by a charger. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what do you what do you use for their wall outlet? Uh, is it the actual outlet, or do you use a third party like a Wemo or whatever else? It's a it's TV a Z Wave outlet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like the actual outlet is hardwired into Z Wave, or have you got um, like a, a smart plug? On the other side of it. Oh, it's actually in the outlet. Yeah, I replaced cool. the entire outlet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the dream. I've always wondered: can you control those individually, or is it all on and all off? Uh, just one, uh, just one of the outlets you can um, change, on and off. The other one's oh, always on. Okay, 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 okay. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's another one of those things where I looked at and then left it at looked at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do that too. Yeah, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. <laughs> No, that's cool. Um, what uh, what else are you doing around the house with, uh, or like, uh, in terms of like what other hardware you have and 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 things like that? I am running a bunch of uh, like Sonoff type stuff. Like for one one thing, I run is um, a power monitoring device for my washing machine, and I use that power fluctuation to determine when clothes are done washing. Mm. I have this. I used to have this bad habit of uh, leaving them in a washer after they were done and then get that yep. kind of musty smell. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah. And run so, into the wash again. Yeah, it's, we've, we've yep. all been there, dude. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I was there today, so don't worry. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and Phil has his exact automation, by the way. Yeah, so. I have the automation set yeah. up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I use that, and it helps me to kind of make sure I move it to the dryer. Uh, I don't have anything for the dryer um, to 
to tell when it's done. I haven't quite figured that one out yet, but just because of the amperage that it uses. Mm, I've heard um, the vibration sensors are good for that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, once it detects vibration, it knows, okay, the dryer's on. And then once it stops detecting vibration for, you know, X amount of time, just flick the switch off and say, okay, dryer's done. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, there you go. Something you need to add uh, to the shopping then, list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I also used one to um, control the main power that goes to my uh, holiday lights, which I I also run the strips and stuff along the outside of the house. Yep, nice. I did that two years ago. So in the seasons that aren't really a holiday, or sorry, in the months that aren't really a holiday of any kind, I turn the main power off to that uh, using a song-off device. Yep. But uh, whenever you know Halloween or Christmas comes around, I usually leave that turned on and I just controlled the, um, it was using an ESP 8266 and I recently actually just accidentally just wiped all the code off of it. Um, I was trying to, nice. yeah, I was trying to fix something on it and it just, so I'm in the process of rebuilding that, but I'm going to use WLED this time. I was using custom, custom oh, code cool. this time. Also so written this... by Rob from the hookup. <laughs> nice. So is this like <laughs> a addressable LED strip around like the roof of your house? Or, yeah, pretty much under the gutters and stuff yep, like that. Yep. That's so cool. And so you're just obviously using it for Halloween. How do you go about like deciding what colors or anything? Like, do you have like a program that you run and then go, okay, cool, I'm going to have this orange, this red, this go back to orange here? Like, how do you come up with the design for that? So uh, I wrote a um, template inside of Home Assistant to um, basically determine which months. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or sorry, which dates are what holidays and whatnot. Yep. And then I send that over a custom, uh, MQTT, uh, endpoint I set up and then node red does all the logic for, okay, is it Halloween or is it uh Christmas time? Right. And then it sends all the, uh, MQTT commands to change the colors to what they should be for the season. Nice. Okay. So, I'm just trying to picture your house, you know, if I'm standing back on the street, if I'm looking at the street um, and it's Christmas time, would there be like red and green, like chasing around your house moving or would it be static? Like would the colors be in the one spot or were they moving around the house? Yeah. I do, I do like a chase effect for, uh, yeah. you know, red and yeah. green. And for that effect, is that built into like WLED or does node red have to tell, you know, every five seconds, update this pixel to this color? Um, it's, well, it's built into WLED, but, uh, I haven't got that set up yet, but on the code that I had before it was using, um, uh, fast LED mm-hmm. and they okay. have some, some presets built into them. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I could just imagine like my MQTT server getting smashed with, all right, now go <laughs> yeah. to this oh, yeah. color. Now go to this shade of red, right? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it would make a lot more sense if the logic was in the ESP and MQTT yeah, just right. said, Hey, go switch to program X. Right. Yep. 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 Like program Halloween or w- whatever. Right. Like, are you a sports but, fan, Joshua? Have you got like your favorite team? Like if you win a, a sports match that your house changes to the, the team color? Uh, no, I don't have that set up. So I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Um, mm-hmm. and most of the games that we play are in the middle of the day here. So yeah. it wouldn't make much of a difference. That's uh, fair. yeah. Maybe that's just getting an air horn or something and yeah. just have some, <laughs> kind of, some kind of motor. Oh, the neighbors will love that. But there is a siren integration now. You can probably add it to, you know, as a siren integration to home. Is it? There you go. Done. Yeah. That's right. 
Yeah, that's right. Because every 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 touchdown just run the siren <laughs> for about three seconds. Yeah, yeah. Just you have to make sure your siren is hidden though, just so that people don't realize that it's you that's doing this. And oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is how to be a terrible neighbor one hundred and one. Put the siren on someone else's house and then remote the trigger it from your house. <laughs> yeah, right. Just dig some wires underground. Exactly. Right. Exactly. We'll never find yeah. it. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Garbage Neighbors podcast. So what are you uh, using to control Home Assistant around the house? Have you got tablets set up around the house or do you prefer like a favorite voice assistant or just pull out your app? So for most, most of the time I'll just use uh, the Amazon devices. Um, Mm -hmm. But every now and then, you know, sometimes you just don't feel like talking to a a dumb machine sometimes so oh, yeah. i'll just pull out my phone uh, yeah. and do it that way i can't tell you how many times that the a word's just like yeah i can't help with that well the yeah. worst is yeah the bathroom lights aren't responding at the moment and yet the she's just turned them on or off like yep. doing what you, like yes. yeah 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 all the time yeah. it's <laughs> uh my, my personal favorite is uh recently like again i have a tv time uh scene set up so mm. um you know, when I'm like, hey, turn on TV time, it, uh, you know, she comes back with, there are multiple devices named TV time. So I'm like, oh, fine. Okay. So I went through <laughs> and I, I just found one. So I disabled it yep. and I was like, turn on TV time. And she's like, the, de- <laughs> the device exists, but it's disabled. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> just, just the worst painful. is, um, like if I've got, um, like living room, like as, you know, just a, a group, mm-hmm. right. But then, um, like my air conditioner that comes through from Sensibo is just called like the living room because it's, you know, in oh. the living room. And so randomly, like it will relink yeah. with, you know, the Amazon Echo. And then I'll go, all right, what's the temperature in the living room? You know, ah, oh, it's this. Okay, cool. Turn off the living room lights. You go, oh, sorry, that device doesn't support that. I'm like, of course. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. there you go. Or the favorite is turn on, She for whatever reason, she'll think we said um, turn on the living room, which turns on, you know, every single light, the air conditioner, every switch that's in that group. Yeah. Um, which then, of course, means all the scenes get turned on. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Opening up the app is sometimes preferable to yeah. yelling yeah. at a dumb voice assistant. The, the not-so-smart <laughs> home. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The thing I'm working on now... Um, is so I've, I've recently got my 3D printers back up and running. So I'm trying to get Octoprint to start sending appropriate data to my setup so I can mm. do automations based off of that. Yep. Get alerts what? when you know your printing's done. Or yep. Yep. Yeah. I was I was going to ask what what kind of uh, outside of notifications, what kind of automations could you possibly do? I, I haven't really looked at. I don't have a 3D printer, so I haven't really looked at that. Um, I do have it set up right now for one of my printers so that when it finishes, it'll send an alert to all the uh, Amazon devices and they'll announce to me that it's done. Okay. Um, which is nice. Um, yeah. And then I'd like to... I, I want to figure out a way to get a snapshot of what's printing every 30 minutes or so if it's currently printing. Like from a camera because snapshot? It, yeah. Yep. So that way... You know, if, if you start getting a stringing mess, mm. you can just stop it right there. You can stop wasting filament. So, yeah. interesting. That be, yeah, I think that'd be cool, actually. Like, and then I guess if you do it um, intervals enough, you could do like a time lapse and put it in like a, a GIF. And then yeah. you could have, um, you know, like seeing it slowly getting built, like its progress. 
Yeah. That would be I cool. think Octoprint has that built in, um, if I'm not mistaken. It does. Yeah. It does. I just don't know if you can like export a photo immediately from that. Mm. That would be cool if you could. I haven't yeah. really looked at it, to be honest. Yeah, because a friend of mine that has that has a 3D printer, he does exactly that. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool because every time, basically, you can make it so that when the... Uh, I don't know what it's called, the pen end thing. Uh, where, where basically, <laughs> the where, where the plastic comes out of. Yeah, the nozzle. That's the yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wow. I have a definitely smart morning this morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, so when the nozzle moves off to the, off the camera, out of the camera view, it'll it'll take a snapshot and basically build it up that way. So it looks like it's just kind of coming up. So uh, I know that's how he makes a lot of his uh, 3D print videos, which are actually pretty cool. So, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's after every layer, it'll move it off to the side and take a picture. Yeah. So, which is cool. How often do you need, because I, I also don't own a 3D printer, how often do you need to replace the cartridges, the filament or ink, whatever you, it's called in a 3D printer? Like, do you go through a lot, do you find? I'm sure some people do. I I rarely print really large things um, Mm -hmm. on my printer. So I don't really have that problem as much. Um, I I do go through filament at a decent speed. Yep. But as in terms of like running out mid print, I don't have that problem very much. Mm. However, I've got a print going right now that's supposed to take a day and one hour or something like that. So we'll see. Wow. What happens if you run out halfway through? Do you have to start again? So I've, it's got a, well, my printers have a filament detection sensor. So mm-hmm. once it detects that it's run out, it'll stop the print and then wait for okay. you to come add or insert more filament. Yep. Right. And, and it picks up kind of where it left off? Correct. Yeah. That's cool. And are you like designing things to be printed or have, are you just like finding things on Thingiverse that you, you like to print? Yeah, I'm, I'm finding, I most of the time find things that I like to print. Um, yeah. I do want to learn how to 3D model so I can build my own. Mm, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I would have that's no neat. idea how to start. Like the one time I wanted to 3D print something was for like a blind here. And I was like, I just need this to be better. Like, I just need, I, I know what I wanted, but I couldn't think of how I would design it in a way that it would be perfect when it came out printed, right? Like, I just, yeah. And then I'm like, well, that's why I don't buy a 3D printer because I would waste so much ink or filament <laughs> trying to get to this get thing one to print thing perfectly. 3D printed. Yeah, exactly. And then it would come out wrong and I'd have to yeah. throw it in the bin anyway. <laughs> I don't know how, how you have it, Phil, but uh, I know in, at least in Ontario, there's a lot of libraries now that have uh, 3D printers and stuff, and you can basically really pay for how many how much filament you use, and you yep, bring yep. in the whatever STL file or whatever it's yep, called, yep. And, and basically give it to them. And, and some of them are kind of like, like small. Like I think when I was looking up, uh, somebody told me about Toronto Library, like, like the actual city of Toronto, their libraries there. Um, I think they allow you to 3D print for like 30 minutes at a time or something like that, which is like, mm-hmm. okay, you can 3D print something tiny, but yep. it's it's still something, right? Like, um, but yeah, there's a lot of times where you can get like f- free printing services, essentially, yeah. Yeah, outside of the filament that you use, which I think is a fair trade-off, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it does, it, it's a consumable, it costs money, fine, I'll pay for the filament. So I think there's um like, I saw even some like some services, you know, you can go around and um, you send them the file, they'll print it for you and, and ship it to you, yeah. which is, so that seems reasonable. But then, yeah. you know, like you're paying 20 bucks for this little plastic thing that, you know, probably has 20 cents worth of filament in it. So, 
Yeah, and and yeah. most of the time I find that people are also um, charging you based on energy cost, yeah, wear and tear on the printer. So like the nozzle, um, mm. yeah. you know, time to fin- if if there's a finishing process, you're paying for that too. So. Yep. Oh, true. Yeah, that makes sense. I had a buddy who who would print stuff for Etsy and whatnot, and he mm-hmm. had to factor all that stuff in. Yeah, D- does he do custom prints? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did custom prints and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to get rich get even if I buy a 3D printer. <laughs> That's right. I do feel like I'm like not living or uh, I'm not giving my 3D printers the full potential if I don't learn some kind of CAD. Mm, yep. So. <laughs> yeah. But where do you find the time? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's exactly it. I think. I think. I, I think. Again, with me too. I've I've learned to start reeling in my <laughs> my scope of. I'm like, I want to do this because Phil usually yeah. ends up making fun of me uh, for <laughs> stuff I haven't done. So, but uh, but even like the like the LED lights you were saying outside your house and stuff. I think I was talking to Phil about that like five years ago, being like, "Yeah, yeah, you're going to do it for Christmas." I think. Like, I think it was when um, Brock came out with his like staircase that he had done, and you're like, yeah. "Dude, this is so cool! I'm totally doing this." <laughs> right? You know what? It was between Bra Automation and uh, and Carlo because Carlo said he had done it too, and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we were talking, and I was like, "Oh, that is actually really cool." Um, and and I, I still think it's really cool, and I still would love to do it. I just, I definitely have parked that one um, <laughs> in lieu of. You've got a good opportunity. I living. You put it on your pergola, like out in the backyard that you just got put in. You yeah, I, I, we. Uh, I put uh, we put just string lights that we got from Costco. Um, mm-hmm. It seems to be the de facto string lights that everybody uses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, they're they're fantastic, honestly. And and I actually stuck them on the. Um, if you remember a while ago, um, we got a beta unit from Lutron uh, yes, with their out, yes. with their outdoor lights and stuff. It works amazing. Uh, and I still I still use it. And yeah, it um, it integrates with the rest of my well, not, it doesn't integrate with my rest of my Lutron stack, but like it it talks back to my Lutron hub, which then talks back to Home Assistant and. I have that hooked into um, whatever automations, even my good night automations and stuff in case mm, we forget to turn it off. Sure it's and, all switched off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I have it on my echo. So they turn on the pergola lights and that kind of thing. Right. So it's nice. Uh, but yeah, I see that. That's why for me, like I wouldn't put it there just because I've, I've got the string lighty kind of effect. And at first mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, I need to make smart string lights. And then, and then this came down my way and I'm like sold. Yep. <laughs> so, Makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year now, Joshua. So what's your goals for your home automation? How do you want to step it up in 2022? Oh, wow. That's, that's, a, that's a tough question. That, that, that's uh, an interview what, question. That, that is. Yeah. yeah. Where, where do you see yourself in 2023 and 2024? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to work on more lighting type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've got all these like basic light bulbs and stuff. I would like to be able to do color sometimes, like when I have friends over or whatnot. Um, I'd like to do that. And I also kind of want to get more into fine tuning, like some automations, like, you know, like a bedtime routine or something like, mm, yeah, having have, I, I do have one of those, but it's very basic. I just turn off all the lights and then turn on a master bedroom, uh, light. Yep. For, just to get ready for bed. Yeah. Um, but I'd like, I'd like to make it smarter somehow. And in, in terms of, I don't know, maybe 
the A word giving me information about tomorrow and I don't know, just kind of like a debrief for the day. Yeah, that makes sense. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Or or even when you get up from like, or do you mean when you go to bed or get out of bed? Because um, even when you get well, up, both, you really. say, yeah. yeah, yeah, that might be kind of cool. And if you have it integrated with like your work calendar or something like, hey, Joshua, by the way, today you've got these meetings and you have to go into work. So wear a jacket, yeah. like whatever, right? Like it's <laughs> the traffic between your bedroom and the living room is zil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. You were up late. Expect heavier traffic at downstairs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's interesting. So I used to have a like a good night. Um, well, I still do have it there. I just never use it, which is, you know, I would tell the little lady in the Amazon Echo, you know, good night. And it would close, you know, make sure everything's switched off and all that. But I found that, you know, as we've sort of progressed, like we don't need to say that anymore, I guess. Maybe the automations are just there enough that they know you know once the tv and living room has been turned off you know there's been no motion out in the kitchen or the, the living room for a while like the house knows to go into night mode so yeah I, I like i think it and this is where i've always struggled with scenes right like it's cool to have a, a predefined scene but mm-hmm. you know like once you once you get to the level where the automations are there predicting what you're doing uh, you know just i guess saying good night to her doesn't mean anything to me anymore right like she can just turn off all the lights but they'll turn off anyway yeah i don't know mine's a little more primitive than that right it's it's because typically my fiance she'd go to bed before i do right so she'll Mm -hmm. get to bed whatever and i'll sit there and and she she'll never say hey turn off this light turn off that light turn off that light and so she'll just say good night um so i actually had to uh refine my uh good night uh automation to basically leave the living room lamp on if <laughs> yep, yep. my tv is on <laughs> right <laughs> like so just stuff like that it's uh, it's i had to i had to make it a little more or and then and then you know i'll, I'll turn off the tv and then and then i'll say good night and then it'll ch- run that check again but because the tv's yeah. off it'll um, but then how do you say good night and get her to check the tv's off like the tv will always be another controller yeah it, it's that, that that's always manual by mm. design right because otherwise because it, it didn't used to be and then she'd turn off the tv when i was sleeping <laughs> or when i was watching tvs and yeah you'd be in the middle of like game of thrones episode and like yeah oh, this episode is yeah. really dark and no your tv's just been and turned boom. off yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> but but yeah no that's wicked all right, Tosha. Well, yeah, thank you so much for jumping on the call with us. We really yeah. love hearing what everyone's doing with Home Assistant. I, um, I'm very jealous of your blinds. I do think that um, running the power through an Ethernet cable and oh, getting them up that I way know. is probably a good thing. Good to see that someone's using the hookup blinds as well. I know it's been very popular. Where can people find you? I know you're on, on Twitch. You've got a, a website. You do some blogging on. Where can people find you if they want to reach out? Uh, yeah, so you can. Uh, my personal website is uh, .netevolved.com. So you can find my stuff there. Yeah, the I will uh, leave all the links in the show notes, of course. So check them out there if you need to. Cool. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. 
For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io. Thank you.